Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Institute for Policy Innovation podcast. We're coming to you again today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. Today is September 15th, 2022, and I'm joined again today by IPI's resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. And Dr. Matthews, today we're going to talk about we thought sanctuary cities welcomed illegal immigrants. And, and of course, our, our podcast today is prompted by this, uh, in my view, wonderful <laughs> political move uh, started by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, mm-hmm. but then also followed by, I guess, in order, Arizona Governor Ducey and right. then Florida Governor Ron DeSantis of giving illegal border crossers uh free transportation to the sanctuary city of their choice. Uh, and in fact, um, these sanctuary cities have been have been chosen with sort of an in-your-face kind of an attitude. They've been sent to New York City. They have been sent to uh, Chicago, Chicago and, and uh, Washington, D.C. Most recently, literally to the, to the front door of the vice president's residence at the Naval Observatory. And... You know, these are these are cities and these are mayors and these are politicians who have been for years and years gaining all sorts of moral cred by making big proclamations about how they were welcome to immigrants and they were sanctuary cities right. and all of this stuff. But they haven't actually had to put anything behind their proclamations. You didn't have to deal with me. Some no, of those it's people- been cheap, cheap virtue. It's right. cheap uh, virtue signaling. And now... Finally, some of these red state governors are actually making them sort of put their monies where their mouth is, and they are squealing like stuck pigs about having to deal with small numbers of illegal border crossers. It, it, but the numbers are getting larger. The Generally uh, the, speaking, the sense that Governor Abbott and Governor Ducey have sent more than 10,000 immigrants to primarily Washington, D.C., New York City, Chicago, and now, of course— Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has jumped in on this by by flying them yeah. to planes to uh, Martha's Vineyard to the to the the playground of the progressive left rich and famous indeed and but yeah that is sort of so far that is the most the most in your face and the most abusing and literally just before I left the office to come to the studio I was watching an interview with someone on Martha's Vineyard. And she was saying, look, I'm sorry, but eventually they'll have to go somewhere else. We just don't have we don't have housing. We don't have services. We just can't handle them. And I'm listening to this and it's like, this is what we have been saying in border states now for years. Yes. We have got floods of people coming over the border. We don't have services for them. We don't have housing for them. But somehow... Nobody cared until we started sending a fraction of them to these sanctuary cities. Right. And it, it's somewhat ironic that they think that Texas and Arizona should somehow have some sort of a magical ability to handle this huge influx and illegal border crossers while they are able to simply, again, as I said earlier, just do the cheap virtue signaling without having to actually, you know, put up with any of the real world problems of dealing with this influx of illegal immigrants. And of course, there's come the name calling. So Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey 
has said that what they're doing is essentially acting like human traffickers in sending people there. And, of course, it's it's not human traffic. I mean, you're, people are humans are moving yeah. up there. Hey, traffic but me? Give me a free ticket to Martha's <laughs> Vineyard. Traffic me. I'll sign up. On a plane. Yeah. Uh, but yes, they, uh, they're, as we understand it, they're making voluntary. If you want to go, and a lot of these people want to go to Chicago or New York or um, Washington, D.C., because yeah. they have connections. If, if any one of these people have been forced against their will onto a bus or to a plane, it has not come out yet in the news reporting. Uh, and our understanding is that they are given choices mm-hmm. and they are given options. Uh, we've got buses going to New York. We've got buses going to Chicago. We've got buses going to Washington. Do you want to be on any of those air-conditioned, <laughs> nicer buses than we had when I was in high school going back and forth to uh, soccer games? And, of course, we've had reports, and I think Fox News was primarily the one doing it, of immigrants being put on planes and moved to various cities, New York and other places, mm-hmm. in the evening, or at night, at midnight. Right. So nobody could see this. This is open Everybody can see it. They they arrive. They get some uh, notification that they're coming. And uh, at first, when this was first done to Washington, the uh, authorities there came out and said, we welcome these people. This is great. This is, we love these people. And they would stand out and hand out water and other things when it first started. Now that the numbers are getting bigger, and now that especially in New York, you <laughs> Mm-hmm. You have the new mayor of New York, Eric Adams, essentially accusing uh, Governor Abbott of all kinds of names mm-hmm. because he's sending them up there. And New York, I think, has a requirement that they have to provide housing for this for the for these people. And of course, the uh, the uh, the homeless housing in New York <clears throat> leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, so we've seen we've seen politicians in New York on cable TV directly referring to Governor Greg Abbott as. Hateful, mm-hmm. heartless, racist, racist, authoritarian for doing this. Uh, we've seen the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, question Governor Abbott's Christianity, mm-hmm. saying, you know, Christians wouldn't do this. Right. And I can't help but think back during the Obama administration where busloads of Syrian refugees and busloads of Afghan refugees were sent to cities like Dallas mm-hmm. and to communities like Plano. And it's like, you know what? This is your share. You just have to deal with them. You just have to put up with it. So it's not like refugees have never been shipped into Texas before. And I'm sure that's the case for Arizona and Florida as well. Mm-hmm. So all that's going on here, I'm sorry. I, I know that there are even some conservatives who are saying things like, well, this is kind of ugly or whatever. I 100% disagree. Yep. All we're doing is essentially spreading out the burden of a border crisis that is created by an unwillingness of the federal government to deal with it. All we're doing is spreading out the burden and saying, here's your share uh, they want to come to Chicago. And as you point out, maybe they have family in Chicago. Maybe they've just seen Chicago on TV shows and think it would be a great place to be. I mean, who knows? But it's vo- they voluntarily have crossed the border. The Biden administration has voluntarily allowed them to cross the border. And now Texas is simply voluntarily transporting them to the sanctuary cities of their choice. And I don't have 2% problem with this. 
I, I, why I'm 100% behind this, and it's about time that the nation started facing up to the problem of this border crisis that's thus far only border states have had to deal with. Right. Uh, and that's in large part because there are so many coming now. So we're setting new records, and I'm just looking at the recent records. Overall, 1.947 million immigrants, or nearly 2 million immigrants, were encountered at the border this fiscal year from October 21 to the end of July. Nearly 2 million of them. Um, the number that's higher than the 1.7 million that came from that at that point last year. Uh, and you have to go back to 1986, there's 1.6 million. Um, and uh, again in 2000, but you've got record numbers coming across. A lot of these are returners, that is, they've been at the border and they're repeat, repeat crossers. So, border security is estimating that roughly 22% are repeat crossers. So, we've got big numbers. And that raises the question, is the border secure? Well, it's interesting because um, Vice President Kamala Harris, who has been delegated by the Biden administration to be in charge of border issues, has repeatedly, including just very recently, Mm -hmm. assured us that the border is secure. Right. She told Chuck Todd on the news last Sunday that the border is secure. Now, this surprised Chuck Todd, but she went on and insisted in her somewhat rambling, a little bit incoherent way that, in fact, it is secure. I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. is The first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have... A secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We also have to put in place a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway for citizenship for the millions of people who are here and are prepared to do what is legally required to gain citizenship. We don't have that in place because people are playing politics. So clearly the Biden administration has a different meaning, a different definition of the word secure than anything you or I never have ever encountered before. Right. In fact, there was a really interesting interview um, with someone who had crossed the border Mm -hmm. that I saw last night on social media. And they were literally asking the (laughs) the person who crossed the border, is the border secure? And he says, no, the border is open. And that's why we came. That's why we came. You know, we wouldn't have gone to all this trouble had the border been closed. You know, like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) It's also um, it's also important for people to understand that it's not simply, you know, our traditional sort of form of uh, Mexican citizens and residents crossing the border in order to, you know, find jobs in the U.S. or find better paying jobs in the U.S. so that they can send the money back to their families at home and that kind of a thing. Uh, We're seeing huge influxes from the southern border from Venezuelans, Mm -hmm. Colombians, uh, people from Nicaragua, people from Cuba, Haitians, and even Ukrainians. And you know, people who have literally crossed the sea, yes. and they have found the best way into the United States is to come up through Mexico and through the southern border. So it's not simply a matter of, well, you know, um, 
it, it's it's our it's our near neighbor to the south, and it's not that big of a deal. Right. It has become simply a way for people from around the world to simply gain admission to the United States because there's been a purposeful decision to not secure the border. So the uh, the last figures, roughly fifty two percent, so just a bit over half, were either from Mexico or that northern triangle, which is uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras. 48% are coming from someplace else because they know the borders are open, and they're often going into Latin America, uh, South America, and other places, to, and then migrate up north, and then they just walk across the border. Now, since I mentioned you know several countries specifically, I, I do want to go back and sort of explain. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't allow people from Venezuela, Colombia, Nicaragua, or Cuba In fact, into the country. Venezuela... Colombia, Colombia has now moved, got a leftist president for the first time, so mm-hmm. we may actually see more people coming from Colombia. Yeah. You've got Nicaragua is a leftist government. You've got Cuba is a communist yeah. century government. Yeah, so, you so, know, I would argue, you know, yes, let's let people flee communism and come into the United States. But so my point is not that there's something wrong with people from those countries. There's something wrong with the process. Right. There's, we should be doing it in a purposeful way. We should know who is coming into the country, why they're coming into the country. There, there should be rules and processes. It shouldn't just be a completely open border that anybody can cross if they want to. You know, I think you and I both are in, generally in the same area on immigration, which is that immigration historically has been a net positive right. for the United States, particularly in a time when we just can't find enough workers. It would be great if we had a program that worked like the Bracero program during the mm-hmm. World War II, where you brought people in. Everybody knew who they were. They were uh, listed. They were able to go back and forth and so forth. And they came in for a certain amount of time and they were able to work. And I would even say, uh, instead of paying the coyotes, you pay the federal government sure. or you pay some private organization several thousand dollars. You come and work and you go back, see your family. As I mentioned, uh, a large number of those are people who are coming back, repeating, coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I, that would make a, that would make perfect sense to us because we need the workers and they need the work. But we don't need criminals. And we know that criminals have come across the border. I mean, we see on a regular basis news stories about violent crime, rape, a murder, a robbery, sexual abuse, sexual assault, and it turns out that this is an illegal immigrant and this is the third time they've crossed the border and been arrested for something. Uh, the United States, I mean, if you're a if you're a violent criminal from a third world country, uh, the United States is the land of opportunity for you too. And we don't want to offer up the United States as an opportunity to violent criminals. And so that's why there needs to be, you know, maybe we should allow millions of people into the country every year. But there ought to be a process by which we can vet and we can choose who comes in and who doesn't for what purposes and for how long. That two million figure that we were talking about just a minute ago of those that they of the encounters, that's those that the custom and borders uh, officials have encountered. Mm. There's many of them that come in right. that don't get encountered because they're trying to sneak in because either they're members, uh, they could be terrorists, they could be no telling what. Mm-hmm. And anytime you mention that some people coming across might be might have ill intentions, I hear the the same people who say we're welcoming all these come up and, and criticize that mm-hmm. and say, oh, no, no, these people are all here just for work because of the problems of their countries. I suspect 
the vast majority are. But when you have an open border, you have an easy opportunity for people who have nefarious ideas to be able to come in, uh, especially if you're fleeing the Mexican police. I mean, how, you know, how right. many how many U.S. movies and TV dramas have involved some criminal in the United States fleeing to Mexico, right. right, to get away from the authorities. Well, the opposite thing happens, too. And this is one of those areas where, you know, I was certainly not the biggest Trump fan in the world. And his rhetoric on immigration, I think, was greatly overheated. But he wasn't 100 percent wrong mm-hmm. when he said it's not necessarily the best people that are coming across the border. And so, again, this is why we we have we have because it's so desperately obvious that we need to fix the border. And because the Democrats and the Biden administration have been so purposefully negligent of it, again, this this underscores why I just I am a cheerleader for these red state governors who have decided to start sharing the burden of illegal immigration with these sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. Which you, raises, say, you say you you say you welcome them. Well, we're just going to help you out, which raises the question. If they've only really done New York, Chicago, and uh, Washington, D.C., now Martha's Vineyard from Ron DeSantis, where are some other places that we should be shipping it, it, Exactly, because not only is the Biden administration refusing to do anything about the border, but they are trying to remove the temporary restrictions that were put in place by the Trump administration right. because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. So you've literally got a Biden administration that is saying— we can get rid of this policy because the, the COVID-19 national emergency is over. But then they're saying, but we're also going to forgive student loans because of the COVID-19 19. national emergency. So it's they want it both going. ways. But you, you literally have a Biden administration that is actually planning to, to get even looser on the border. Yes. So you've got some suggestions, I think, about some other cities. Well, that yeah, we might, that we might send some of these illegal immigrants to. There's a lot of sanctuary cities out there. And what you might want to do is send people to uh, places where they uh, those other sanctuary cities. Vermont happens to have sanctuary cities. Yeah. In there. And there's some that are sanctuary states. And so uh, Bernie Sanders is a big fan of this. I would send some to Vermont, perhaps Burlington or something. Burlington so, is actually where Bernie Sanders was mayor. Right. Right. So, yeah. So let's send, let's send a couple of busloads to Burlington, Vermont, and see how they think about that. And even though I, I'm glad they sent some to Chicago, two decades ago, I was in I was in Cleveland. And Cleveland decided they had a number of homeless people, and they decided to put them on a bus and ship them to San Diego. And California criticized them for that. But they said, look, you know, Cleveland gets cold in the winter. (laughs) San Diego's nice, moderate temperature. So we need to be sending some to San Diego and some of those in Los Angeles and some of those other cities that are warmer. Because if they end up being homeless and there's a lot of homeless in those cities right now, uh, at least the weather is not so bad. It's not so cold in the winter. So we're looking here um, in the studio at a four page both sides printed list of sanctuary cities and states, courtesy of the Center for Immigration Studies. The entire state of California mm-hmm. is a sanctuary state. So why don't we send a few buses to Nancy Pelosi's neighborhood I, in San Francisco? Right. Uh, the entire state of Colorado is a sanctuary state. So, you know, Colorado Springs is lovely. Uh, Denver is a lovely place. Um why don't we send a couple of busloads to Colorado? The entire state of Oregon is a sanctuary state. So, you know, 
There's some lovely places in Oregon. Portland would probably welcome several busloads of illegal immigrants. And I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to drop some of these buses off at the state houses of some of the sanctuary uh, states Mm -hmm. so that you make sure that the legislators there get a chance to see them. That's where that's where a lot of the news sites are are concentrated wherever the capital is in that state. So you drop them off right there and say, you want you want more uh, immigrants? You're saying that's uh, that's good. Yep. Here you are. And you know, uh, because I because I'm sort of softy on immigration. I yeah. really do think we ought to treat these folks compassionately. I can't I help but notice that some of the most beautiful cities in America are on this list. So why not send a busload or two busloads of illegal immigrants to Napa County yeah. in in California? Why not send them to Boulder, Colorado, right? Now, I noticed that Baltimore, Maryland is on this list. Yes. I probably uh, I probably care too much about these illegal immigrants to, to send any of them to Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore <laughs> that, is already a failing city. I don't know that that would be the thing to do. We, we might just spare, we might just spare Baltimore. But of all places, Jackson, Mississippi mm-hmm. is a sanctuary city. Now, Jackson, Mississippi is the same city right now that they can't get drinkable water out of their taps. Right. But yet they're a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants. And of course, as you said, the whole city, the whole state of Vermont is a sanctuary state. Um, Washington state, lovely places in Washington state, lots of apples, you know, that, that they could, they could enjoy eating. Uh, so Washington state, uh, Snohomish County. I've been to Snohomish County in Washington State. It's a lovely place. It's a it's a sanctuary county. So there's lots of places. There's lots of places, including in northern Virginia, that busloads of these illegal immigrants could be sent to. Uh, if, if the mayors and legislators of these states want their cities and their counties and their states to be warm and welcoming to illegal immigrants— I have no problem with facilitating that. It seems to me that that's what they want, and it seems to me that that's what the illegal border crossers want as well. Right. You're simply facilitating what many of them would like to do anyway, which is get deeper into the country. Yeah, exactly. Besides, you know, if you if you're from South America, maybe you're looking for a cooler climate, right? <laughs> maybe you've never seen snow in your life, you know, so you want to go to Chicago so you can see what this snow thing is all about. And, you know, and I know that, you know, we're kind of laughing and a little bit tongue in cheek here, but I, I you know, if we haven't made a plane already, we're not joking. Yeah. We're not we're not just making fun about this. I think this is a brilliant policy, and so I congratulate Whoever in Governor Abbott's office, whether it was him himself, he himself, or whether it was a political advisor, whoever came up with that, congratulations. And I can't help but think, you know, Governor Abbott has spent a lot of time the last couple of years sort of in the shadow of a few more aggressive Republican governors like Ron DeSantis. I mean, you've got you've literally got a lot of grassroots Republicans in Texas who kind of wish they had Ron DeSantis as governor instead of Greg Abbott. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I got to tip my hat to Governor Abbott. Good job. You 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 have really come up with a very very clever way here to make a point. I think it's entirely defensible from a political, moral, and economic standpoint. So good on you, Governor Abbott. Well, thank you for joining us today for this uh, fun but I think important discussion about uh, illegal immigration. We would invite you to check out our website at ipi.org and sign up if you'd like to receive notices of all of our new podcasts content and events. Uh, There's some material on our website about immigration, including a paper I wrote several years ago with some of my suggestions about 
what a reasonable immigration policy would look like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform? Share it with your friends who you think would be interested as well. And you can also help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.